Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Headset Podcast, where we interview some of the most elite athletes, coaches, and executives in sports today. During our interviews, we get the opportunity to get a behind-the-scenes look at the lives of these incredible individuals, but most importantly, we get a chance to learn how they get their headset to perform. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Headset Podcast. I am your host, Dr. Jason Galea, and I am excited today to bring to you an incredible resource for not only young athletes, but coaches and any athletic directors that might be listening. Today, we have on our pod Amanda Waters. Amanda Waters is the athletic director at one of the largest high schools in San Diego, California, at Carlsbad High. She oversees an incredible athletic staff of coaches, and a little over 1,600 student-athletes, where they are working to guide these athletes both on and off the field for success through the Lancer Way. One of the most amazing things that I'm excited to share with you is this incredible project that Amanda and her colleague, Mr. Ira Childress, an athletic director in Florida, have come together to pool their resources and create nationaladresource.com. Again, www.nationaladresource.com. For all you young high school athletes, coaches, athletic directors, if you haven't heard about this amazing source of information, you now have and you need to use it. Amanda and Ira have come together to pull some of the greatest people in sport, coaching at the university level, as well as the athletic director level. Amanda herself was an outstanding athlete at Houston University in Maine, where she was a two-sport athlete. And knowing what it's like to be an athlete who is hoping to gain an opportunity to go on and play in college, She knows, as well as Ira, who was an exceptional athlete himself, both, thank you very much, not too long ago had their names and numbers retired at their respective universities for their outstanding athleticism. Thank you for coming out, both of you. Both have decided that what they're going to do is pull together all the people they know in sport and, and try to help provide resources to these young athletes the parents and coaches to help with the scenario that we're all dealing with right now in the COVID-19 virus. So two weeks ago they were able to pull in an incredible source of information in Mr. Brian Kelly, head coach of Notre Dame football, who jumped on their webinar and explained to coaches all across the country some of the things that he and his staff are going through as well as some of the things that you can do as a young athlete to better your situation. And in doing such, he provides a brilliant piece of literature that every athlete can go out and use to reach out to universities and college and let them know who you are. Let them know that you would love the opportunity to play at their school, empowering you as an athlete during these tough times. Last week, incredible source of information as if they couldn't top themselves the week before they bring on the head athletic director from Northwestern University and this gentleman Mr. Jim Phillips spent a little over half an hour sharing with athletes coaches and athletic directors not only little tidbits of what they could do to better their situation but to give incredible inspiring words to tell everyone to pick your head up and keep on going. Again, incredible resources of information, incredible insights given by coaches, athletic directors, all on their incredible platform, nationaladresource.com. So without any further to do, I bring to you the one and only Amanda Waters. All 
right, everybody. Thank you for tuning in today and, and being a part of the Headset Podcast. We're going to be speaking to someone very special. I feel like she's the sister I should have had in my life, Miss Amanda Waters, who is the athletic director of Carlsbad High School. And uh, Amanda, thank you so much for coming on and speaking with me today and our little podcast. Uh, I'm excited to learn more about you, your program, and all the chaos that you're dealing with uh, at your school right now. Um, so let me ask you this really quick. How did you, how'd you evolve and get into this thing called athletic director? How did this happen? Yeah. Okay. So um, <laughs> I started coaching when I was young. So I got into teaching. I was 23 and coached basketball for a long time. Um, lived in the Long Beach, coached in Anaheim for a while. Moved back to Maryland. Um, my husband's from Maryland. So I moved back there for six years, was there during September 11th, coached outside of DC for a while. And then had our first son, moved back to California and um, coached again. And then got hired at Carlsbad High School as the basketball coach, PE teacher, business teacher. And uh, the guy that was doing the AD job before me moved up to an AP position and they asked me to do it. And I, so here I am. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. So, so let, let me ask you this now. When, when you move from athletic coach and, and you've coached different sports, what's the transition been like? moving to behind the big chair what's that been like for you um eye-opening to yeah. say the very least yeah uh, i think that there are so many things i've learned in this job that i would take with me um, last year i coached softball which was fantastic after being in this job for five years i i think you understand so much more and how important it is for the kids to have that connection uh, rather than the wins and losses, that that's a, a, a important part of it. Obviously, everybody loves to win and I'm competitive, but it's not the only thing and it can't be the major thing. You know, the major thing is, is those kids need to know you care about them. And, and I think for me, uh, earlier in my career, I, I don't think that was my main focus. It was, I want to get them better. I want them to love the game as much as I do. And, and then it, it definitely shifted into now I actually mentor coaches about how not to do some of those things. Yeah. You, you know, I, I'm really, I, I'm really excited to, to talk with you today because you're the first person that um, I'm, I'm, I've had the chance to speak with in a very long time that is in that role now where not only are you mentoring, but you're really doing a mind shift with coaches nowadays about what it means to to not only have perspective you know is winning the do all end all and, and also i think really informing coaches how powerful their presence is in these these kids lives and i know for for myself um when i slipped into that uh director role holy cow my mind just changed it, it, it was like Winning and losing wasn't the do-all, end-all anymore. There were so many things to be worried about. And, and I don't know if I became more, mm, I don't know if, it be, if the word is particular about the people we brought in to coach, or I don't know if the term would even be I was more critical, but I was definitely more observant of how interactions happen between kids and coaches. I think that for me, I stopped looking so much at the resume and looked more at the person. Oh my God. Yeah. Oh because my God. now it's okay. This is going to be the leader of these children. And do I want them? And, and, and it helps me to be a mom because I look at them and say, as a mom, would I want this person to coach my child? And, and as hard as it is and, and easy at times to separate both. Um, and I think I do a good job of that um, separating you want what's best for everybody's kid, not just your own. Yeah. I mean, it's a very interesting world that you're in because you're thinking kind of like as the queen, the queen mom, shall we say, you know, the mother goose of everything right. because you care about the welfare of the kids, but then you're also trying to develop a competitive program right. that, that has student athletes that want to be there. And, and how have you balanced that? 
when you're looking you know, at I think it's the same thing as we were talking about. I, I think coaches are very similar to kids. When you talk about if you treat them with respect and you give them all the tools that they can to succeed and they know that you care about them and you know that they know you want them to succeed and that you'll help them any way you can. It's the same as a coach doing that with a kid. So if that's what I'm doing with all my coaches and, and I would hope if you asked any of the 27 coaches that work for me that they would say, no, she, she absolutely cares. Um, she's there anytime I need her. They can text me at midnight and I answer um, much to my husband's not happiness. <laughs> but I mean, but again, these are people that we're putting in charge right. of affecting 1600 athletes lives at our school. I can't not be there for them. But there are times where I also have to, you know, sit down with them and say, look, you can't do this, this, and this. Like, you have to understand that what you're doing affects more than just you. It's your school. It's the community. And, and we have a huge alumni base. Everybody's parents went there or grandparents went here. And it's a big Lancer family is kind of what we call it. Even like my shirt, I have the tradition starts here. And it's a huge tradition at our school. So it, it has so much, so much more than just that one coach that one kid. Um, but I try to really let them know I care. And I think by doing that, they in turn, let the kids know they care, which helps bring out the best in all of them. It's, it's so interesting what you're saying. Um, have you ever had scenarios where you felt like you almost had to coach coaches to care? You know, I, I don't know if it's coaching to care. I think it's reminding them of their why. Mm. You know, I, I think that every coach cares. They get paid peanuts to coach. But I think reminding them of what got them into coaching initially. You know, and, and I know for myself, I got into coaching and teaching because I wanted to help kids, period. I knew that I loved the games that I played. My coaches were instrumental in my life. I wanted to have that same effect for even just one kid. And if that happened, then I did what I needed to do. And I, I think that was kind of my calling was athletics because, you know, that's what I went to college for. Um, and, and it kind of all just flowed after that. Uh, and even when I was teaching accounting, advanced accounting, when I wasn't even in athletics, I, I just loved being around the kids, seeing them do well. And, and I think, you know, I think the all of it together is is a recipe for success. To be honest, yeah, yeah, it's it, it's it's funny how you say recipe for success. I use that term about a thousand times a week. Uh, <laughs> I use it when I'm working with people one on one, and when I'm in the kitchen. Right? <laughs> the inner Italian's got to come up. Um, you, you know, it, it it reminds me uh, a lot. I think I, I think for myself now, when I look back uh, on my career, moving on up. Um, I looked at, at, at the levels that I was very fortunate enough to play with and, and some of the great coaches I had along the way. And, and I, I, I throw this question at you. Um, I feel, in, at least in my career growing up, I feel that uh, a lot of the coaches that I had were very good at the sport. They were, they were good at what they had to do. I don't know how those people would do today because today's athlete is a completely different monster. And, yes. and I wonder, I, like, I, I wonder if today's coach has to be a more well-rounded person um, than years gone by. I, I, I don't know. Like, what, what do you feel about that? Being a, an elite athlete yourself and now the queen? I completely agree. I mean, I look back at some of the coaches I had and, you know, I'm, I'm a pretty tough person. At least I think I am. <laughs> and I look at those coaches and say, you know, yeah, they, they were tough on me and they were hard on me and, um, and I got better, but I also saw teammates that didn't teammates yeah. that had the opposite effect that I had. So, you know, I, I've been in this job now at the high school I'm at for six years and we've had some of those that, that refused to change and, refuse to fix things that needed to be fixed and um, adding pressure to these kids that aren't needed in a time where it's just not needed. They get enough already. They deal with so many different pressures than we ever dealt with. You know, the social media aspect and all of that is huge and, and everything, you know, it, it's never, 
you know, it's not what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. Now it's whatever happens in Vegas goes all over the news. News. <laughs> so true. You know, and it's, it's like true. now you go out with your friends on a Saturday and it's all videoed. You know, so they just—it's a totally different thing. And I think you have to have coaches that understand that it cannot just be about winning and losing. And we have great programs at Carlsbad. I mean, and I can sit here and say um, I am absolutely proud of our programs and our coaches and how much they care about these kids. But I will tell you, it is an adjustment for some parents to know that we're not hiring the elite coach sometimes because of exactly what you just said. I can't hire on a resume. I have to hire the person that I know can get the most out of each kid not the person that can teach them the game the best all the time and that's really hard to explain um, because they just want to win 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 they look at success as winning well it's so funny you say that because I have seen I've seen that parent literally walk in with grenades to throw at the athletic director or the program director only to have that grenade blow up in their own hand and, and to see that athletic director uh, turn around and say, okay, you know what? We'll bend a little. We'll bend a little and we'll give the person a shot. And we'll, we'll give the person a shot and we'll see how it goes. And we'll put support systems in place and we'll make sure that this person can focus on what he or she does best and we'll make sure that they, the rest is picked up by somebody else. And in doing that, that parent walks out the door thinking that they've you know, won the debate they won the argument. And then three weeks later, they're hammering the door because Johnny's not playing. Right. Yeah. You, you, I've had that scenario too. You and, wanted and, this, right? You wanted this. But you, can't, but you can't give parents that power. And, and it's not because I don't love the parents. I do. We actually have great parents. And every parent cares about their kid. They just necessarily don't always know how to show it. And that's a whole nother conversation. But I think ultimately it has to be the school's vision that you want an educational based athletic program where they're not going to have to challenge between the sport and, and, and academics. They're not going to have to challenge between homecoming and a game and a tournament, being aware of when your school events are so that kids can really enjoy that entire high school experience yeah. is really what it's about. Because ultimately how many kids go on to play at the next level after high school? Less what 2%? I think it's a 2% number you're you're speaking like such amazing words right now like it's just it's like pearls and and for anyone for anyone who's been there done it at a significant level everyone would be listening to you and their heads would all look like bobbleheads right now <laughs> and and it's so funny what you say right because i guess you could tell the rookie parent from from the one who's been there done that right you know, a, a buddy of mine who, who did really well in, in professional sports uh, said to us one time, he said, he said, you know what I want to do? My retirement plan is I'm going to go out in my backyard and I'm going to build a locker room. I'm going <laughs> to build the locker room and we're all going to have our stalls like we had. Okay. And, and we're going to tell our wives that we're working out together and we're just all going to get together. And it's going to be the locker room like it used to be. And the only thing we're not going to have to go do is that, that bullshit, go play the game. (laughs) (laughs) And we were like, yeah, that's it. it." If we could have just had the locker room and the bus, everything else was work, right? Like that was happy days. And, um, and, and and if you've been there and you've done that, you know, And, and, and the people who have been there and done that and know that, they are the ones, I believe, that will come up and say those pearls that you just said a few seconds ago of, I want my kid to have the full experience. Right. I know how this is going to go. I want right. him or her to have those amazing things that I took for granted. And, yeah. and I, I know what it feels like year after year working with high school kids to be able to have to tell them. You know, hey, some of these little snapper heads, one day you'll be a senior. And, and one day this will be your last game. Mm-hmm. And one day this will be your last time to be the big person on campus. You'll see, you'll learn, right? And, and, right. and it's interesting to see the one who was 
the one you were constantly yelling, pay attention, pay attention, pay attention to be that guy now. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and they're not getting emotional. And it, it's, it's, it's funny. It, it, it's, it's in, in many ways, I look at it and it, it kind of reminds me of the first time you're babysitting <laughs> and, and, you, and you come home. Right. And, and you know, your, your mom or your dad says, so how was it babysitting? Oh, that little kid was a bastard. He wouldn't shut up. He wouldn't listen. <laughs> Mess everywhere. Oh my God. It was so frustrating. And the parents like, oh. <laughs> I just signed you up to do it again next week. Right. And <laughs> <laughs> that's to me. That's what it feels like. Yeah. And, and, and I, 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 it's funny. I have in, in my uh, athletic program, I have a kid that's coaching who actually played for me years ago. We have five kids, five kids in our program that used to play for us. They're coaching out, and it's so fun hearing them talk. It's so oh, fun. without a doubt. The best is when your players come back to coach, and then they look at you and go, okay, coach, I get it now. <laughs> and I, used to, I used to swear your name, and now I totally understand what you're saying. Yeah. Yes, it's the best. It's the best, yes. So, so I guess I want to ask you some, some technical questions now. Um, like The first technical question I want to ask you is, is – what are you going through for all these senior kids that, that aren't, aren't getting a chance to play? Like, how does that play into your world now with college recruiters? And uh, what are you going through right now? I can't even imagine what you're going through. You know, I, I, my heart breaks for them, you know, and, and as much as I, I, I'm trying to, you know, work with other ADs to find ways to, to really, promote them and, and thank them for all their hard work. Um, you know, I have a couple ideas of things that I want to do for them once they let us back in the school, hopefully next week, at least I can go back into my office, um, to grab some things, but I don't know how, I don't know what to say other than for now, this is going to be the new norm. And I, I think if we accept it and really try to make the best out of it, turn it into a positive rather than a negative, um, is going to be the best way to handle it, you know? And for me, I I try to reach out and I have the coaches reach out to those kids um, to see how they're doing. I've had zoom meetings with all the teams that where I can see their faces. And it's interesting because the meeting would start, you know, and everybody's looking like this, you know, know, and they look sad. (laughs) And by the end they're laughing, they're joking, they're with their teammates again, they're laughing with each other. And, and so you know, again, I think it's times like these that people don't realize how important sports are in people's lives. You know, people always say, well, there's no sports. There's tons of other things. Everything is connected to everything. You know, it's like the female brain. If you ever saw that, saw that video, the male brain, you take the box out, you talk about one thing, but the female brain, everything's connected to everything, which is connected to emotion. So when you're looking at an athlete, then you look at a female athlete, it's, it's a different, you know, it's a different world. So for me, it's hard because I look at all of them like my kids, right. you know, and I hurt for them. And I, I hurt for them that they can't do the things they want and have that senior game and play those last games. But I also want for them to be okay with not being okay. You know, yeah. like it's okay to feel the way you feel. It's okay to be upset. Um, we will do everything we can to recognize every senior that we have. Um, whether I go door to door to give them their certificates and their letters, or we do posts every week per team. We're talking about virtual banquets. Um, we're t- I mean, I will do everything and anything I can do to recognize them. Um, and, you know, I, I think this is such an uncharted territory that I posted a couple weeks ago, you know, our ADs are strong people. You have to be, to be in our positions. And, um, but we're stronger together. And helping each other to figure out how to work through these things is the most important thing. So, I mean, I, I, I can't agree with you enough. I, I, I think you're just, you're just an amazing human being for, for taking on what you take on and doing what you do and caring. And any, like, even Stevie Wonder can see the passion inside of you and how much you care. Um, you're gonna make me. You're gonna make me upset. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm not. Um, I, it's just, it, it's so rare to find someone who has a technical knowledge that you have. And, and the insight that you have as, as an athlete and a coach, but then you throw in the, the extra set of chocolate chip cookies of the sweetness for caring about the kid. You know, um, I can tell you, I had a scenario many years ago where the coaching staff would 
almost used this as a threat. And the threat was, if, if you have any problems, our door is always open. And we had one guy in our team who looked at me one time and, and I, my guts almost exploded because I have never had to hold in something so hard. And he looked at me as, as we were being yelled this to. If you've got something to say, you got an issue, our door is always open. And he looked at me and he said, too bad your mind isn't. And, and that has stuck with me for over 20 years. And, and, and there may be a day that I forget how to put on socks and I forget my last name, but I know I'll never forget that. And, and I, I say this to you and I tell you this because um, you'll never be that person. <laughs> like you, you'll never be that person. And, and, and that's what I think makes you so special. Now, I want to I, I switch a gear here on you. And, and I know that, that you've been the quarterback to pull together, it seems like almost all, if not a good percentage of the athletic directors in San Diego to get together. Tell, tell us a bit about this effort and what it's turned into. So Ira Childress, who works at Gulliver Prep in um, Miami, Florida, he and I connected via LinkedIn years ago. Mm-hmm. And we were collaborating on a couple different things. I had some questions from, for him. I saw him a lot on social media. He reached out to me about three weeks ago. Um, we had been kind of chatting anyway and said, hey, have you been getting a lot of questions about how to handle things, what to do for seniors, how to communicate with admin, all of the items that kind of we've touched on a little bit. And I said, yeah, you know, even coaches from other schools were reaching out to me to ask me how to do some stuff. So I said, you know, he and I just kind of said, why don't we get together and do something collaborative and see how many ADs from, from in California or Florida or wherever we can get to kind of sit down, collaborate on how we get through this. And we'd kind of talked about it anyway, um, you know, sharing ideas, how to help student athletes the best, how to help them with recruiting and, and how to deal with parents and how to deal with officials. And I mean, that was really our first agenda. And it turned into once everything got canceled, it turns into something else. And we went from 46, the first meeting, and that was only by Twitter. Like I tweeted it out. I retweeted it out. We got 46 ADs um, from various places uh, across the country. And then last week we had 198. Yeah, we had had 198 people last Wednesday. We only could let in a hundred. We've now upped that to 300. Yeah. So that, so when we meet um, tomorrow, we should have, 300 or more, which is really exciting. But what's interesting about it is everybody is so willing to tell their knowledge and, and there's so many ADs that are passionate about what they do. It's been fantastic. It's, it's been, it's helped me to see the passion that these other ADs have and how badly they want to help their kids. And Uh, you know, I think this is a big time being an athletic director, because like you said before, how do you navigate that? Like if you're in charge of all of those athletes, how do you navigate and help them? Like, cause ultimately that's really what we want to do, right? We can't get them back into games right now. We can't get officials. We can't get, you know, we, we can't order equipment that's not going to help them. So what can we do to help them other than that, you know, recognizing them. And, um, we had, um, Brian Kelly, the head coach at Notre Dame football team on our zoom call on Wednesday, which was incredible. Like he came on and he was wonderful. He talked about recruiting, but he talked about every sport and he was so passionate about what he does. You can tell he's a fantastic leader and why he's known as that type of a leader just by how he spoke. He, he was so eloquent in his words and he gave student athletes resources and ways they can get a hold of coaches even during this time. And he appreciated the ADs with how hard they're working. And, you know, as an AD, there's a lot, not a lot of that boys a lot of times, you know, it's, it's, you just work and you grind and you grind. Um, but I, I think, you know, it was nice of him. And I think the ADs appreciated hearing a thank you from him, which was phenomenal. Well, you know, as an AD, it, it's, it's, uh, it's almost like being a parent, right? You, 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 you base your success on how many complaints you get. Right. <laughs> you know, my, my mother would say no one ever compliments the chef unless, uh, unless I ask for a compliment. Right. <laughs> right. Right. And you, 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 you base it on, on 
the lack of, of complaints, right? So, well, you know, it's, yeah, it's interesting because when we started the first day, um, we met um, a, a couple different podcasts that have had us on, but the, the high school narrative was one of the ones that reached out initially and they said, you know, hey, you're going to have a pretty big group. I don't think you realize how big this is going to be. And I was like, yeah, you know, we're just here to give information. Honestly, that's all it is. Um, and after the first meeting, Ira and I spoke and I said, you know, I should probably do a website where we can literally just put the meats on yeah. and the meeting minutes so that if anybody wants to go in and hear it, they can. Um, everybody's schedules are busy and there's things going on and I get it. Um, and that's where the website came in. My niece actually did it. It's a Weebly. It's a free website. Uh, and we didn't want this to be ever about money. It's not about that. It's a, it's a collaborative how do we help each other even after this? Because I think it's not just going to be during, I think after we're all going to need each other, you oh. know, we need to be able to help and, and be able to bounce ideas and problems and all of those things. So um, I'm excited that people have been excited to be really honest. Did I think I'd be the spokesperson? Not really. <laughs> You're, 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 you're going to be bigger than Ellen. Let me tell you that right now. Yeah, right. But I think, you know, Ira brings a totally different, he and I work very well together because Ira brings the college. Um, he worked in the college area for a while. He worked through the NCAA. So he brings a lot of that knowledge. He knows a lot of people cause he was in Michigan and now he's at a private school in Florida. Um, so, you know, I'm from Maine, so I know ADs in Maine that I brought with me, you know, that have are now. So I think it helps that we've kind of both lived in different places. So let's tell people, what is the name of the website? That, that oh, it's nationaladresource.com. Oh, so if you go on, it's nationaladresource.com. And if you go on there, you'll see AD resources, coach resources, college recruiting resources. You'll see all of our Zooms that we've had up to this point. We broke off um, Brian Kelly's interview just in case coaches wanted to get on or kids that wanted to just see what he had to say. I know that I've sent a lot of our football players and a lot of our athletes there to listen to his, which was great. So, and we're taking resources from other ADs if they send us stuff. The only thing we've really tried to kind of stay away from is anybody selling anything just because a lot of times that'll turn people off at first. Um, but we also want to help, you know, so if it's resources that can help a program, then we're all about it too. I, I think it's phenomenal. And, 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 it, and it, it keeps it pure and it keeps it be what it, what it's meant to be. Right. I mean, I, I can't even imagine which, what, what you're going through. I can't imagine how many parents are calling you. I can't imagine how many student athletes are calling you. And I, I'm, I'm curious to know some of your thoughts because you have, you have so many different angles to look at this. What are, you, what are your thoughts now of that senior athlete who, who really needs that scholarship? Is, is it a scenario where we start coaching kids to maybe come back for a PG year? Um, because I've also heard the NCAA, there's some schools now, and, and, and I don't know enough to, to cement this, sure. but I've heard that there's some schools now that are, are in some sports that are willing and able to bring a senior back because of this. And then that'll start with basketball. Right? Well, I know NCAA approved spring athletes. They'll get a fifth year. So I know for the NCAA, they did approve a spring athletes will get a fifth year. So that's big news for NCAA athletes. Now that brings up another question is how do they fund that? How does, how does that affect their freshmen? Right? So that was some of the answers that um, coach Kelly helped us with. And he doesn't know all of it, but he, you know, he just said, he goes, it's definitely going to have an impact. I don't think you can do that in high school. You know, I, depending on the state association, I know in California, they won't allow a fifth year. Yeah. Uh, my, my biggest thing, honestly, if you're a senior and you want to play somewhere, you can play somewhere. It's going to be, you have to sell yourself. And that's one of the things that coach Kelly talked about too is, and on that website is under college resources is a form letter to send to college coaches. Here's my name. This is what I play. Here's the stats. Here's, here's how you write the letter. Um, and you know, you have to be willing to sell yourself and it's hard for people because a lot of times they just think people are just going to find them. And if you're top, if you're top 2%, top 1%, they're going to find you for sure. If you're not, doesn't mean you can't still play. Like you can play. You just have to be willing to go who, with who wants you. And that's another thing you talked about. Like the school has to want you. 
you have to, you have to reach out to the coach, get them to start looking at you. And I know in California, a lot of schools want California kids. So if, if kids are willing to go back to the East coast or the Northeast or the South, like there's so many opportunities. And so I tell them all like set up a free Weebly website. If you want promote yourself, put your videos, put your statistics, put what, what you, what you want for, um, you know, what types of programs you're interested in in college, get that information out there. Cause even coach Kelly said like right now they can't go visit anybody. So they're all at their computers waiting for information. So if you truly want to play, you can play. If you, if your parents truly want you to play, then I, I you're going to have to find it either. You have to make that decision for yourself because you're going to be an adult, you know? So the kids that really want it are going to really come out of this and do well. The kids that are not sure are the ones that will struggle. I think. I, I, I pray and pray that if we ever get a big blast of people to come in and listen to, to us, I hope today's the day because everything you're sharing is beyond gold. And, you know, I can tell you this, when I'm working with athletes or in, in parents of the athletes where we're talking about how can I help my kid, one of the things that I talk to them about is something that I call reverse mapping. And, and it refers back to something you, you hinted to. Gone are the days where, A, if you think you're good enough, they'll find you. I don't, I don't really believe in that as much anymore. Right. Um, I believe that there's exceptional talent, like you mentioned, exceptional teams that you know what they just do so well and guess what people come but besides that you've got to be able to know a couple of things about your sport and, and one of the things that I think is so brilliant about uh, athletic websites now is that you can go on and get that reverse mapping going meaning it's not good enough to say this is where I am and this is where I want to be you have to be insightful enough to be able to say if I want to go to Notre Dame and I'm a wide receiver, I'm going to get on that website and I'm going to start the reverse mapping process by saying, let's see where they find guys right now. So let's look at all their wide receivers today and let's take a look at where these guys are from. What schools did they play at? What levels did they play at? And let's start reverse mapping so that I as an athlete can say, you know what? If I'm a wide receiver and I really want to play for the University of Notre Dame, it looks like they're getting a lot of guys from this area and, and this program or they go to this camp or whatever. Find that commonality to help yourself because what I learned years ago uh, as, a, as a college recruit myself is the most prolific school that I had a chance to go and visit as a kid um, they were showing all of us the, the glitz and the glamour during the trip. It was me and these three other guys from across the country. And one of the guys had said to the assistant coach, with everything that you have here, you could get all the best guys on the planet here. And everyone started to nod their heads and go, yeah, 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 yeah. And that's when he said the most powerful thing. And he says, you know what? You're, you're right. We could. But what makes our program different is we look at our program as a chessboard. And we know that every year we need to replace a certain piece. And that piece is, is uh, impended upon a, the function of what that person needs to do, but also the person themselves. Are they going to be willing to come in and fill this specific role? And if they're not, it's no use bringing them here because they're not going to be happy and we're not going to be happy. Right. And it was then that he educated us and said, listen, our academic budgets or our athletic budgets budgets in this academic environment of a division one school is only so big. Mm -hmm. And, and we, as coaches, it's our job to go out and recruit, but we also have to coach and be at games. So we can't find everybody. Right. Yes. We hear about people and we have connections that help us find people, but it's physically impossible for us to be in all four corners of the world. Right. And even if we could, we can't afford it. Right. So, right. so it's not like we can take, you know, a, a, a Lear jet in the blink of an eye to go to any state and watch this player play. And I think all of this stuff that we're, we're seeing feeds back into your point. And that's, are you willing to do the work as an athlete? Right. And, and, and I refer to, the, to that as, as the, the like it or love it relationship. <laughs> 
like it or love it. Both words start with L and they end with E, but they mean completely different things. Yes, they do. Do you like your sport or do you love your sport? If you love it, if it's the latter, doing the things that you're saying, it'll be fun. Yes. It'll be fun. But I also look at that in, in relationship and I say to myself, is that something you want to have or do you need to have it? Because if you need to have it, you're going to get off your tush and, and you're going to listen to, to Coach Waters and you're going to be saying, how do I get those form letters? And how many can I send at one time? And what do stamps cost? <laughs> right? Like whatever it may be. You know, and then that's when you're going to see the real essence of who wants to be there. Yes. Right? One of the underlying points that it sounds like Coach Kelly makes that I think a lot of parents are going to miss is a coach wants to know that you want to be here. Right. And, and how do you teach that? I don't know. You know, again, I think it's, I think that this time that we're in right now is such an unprecedented time. It's going to be way more easier. It's way more easier, way easier for them to pick out those kids that want it because they're the ones that going, that are going to be reaching out. Yeah. You know, I've always said like you have two types of players, right? Well, you have three really in high school. You have the kid that'll eat dirt for you that will do anything that loves it. Right. You have the kid that's just happy to be there. He's a good athlete, but he's just happy to be there. May never play at the next level, but he's just happy to be there, wants to be part of a friend, right? Or yeah. you have a really good athlete who's just the laziest person on your team or one of them, right? So how do you meld those three together? Yeah. I'll tell you what, I'll take the eat dirt player any day of the week yes. over yeah. anybody else. And, and it's funny because parents always say, well, no, we have to be in the elite club and we have to be in the elite program. And, and yes, I do agree with you. Like if you've done your homework and you want to go to Notre Dame and you know that these are the camps they're at, or these are the clubs they look at, you need to put yourself in that position. But if you don't care, like, I mean, my story, I played basketball and softball in college. I decided to play two sports because I couldn't figure out which one I loved more. I loved both. I was better at softball. I was a pitcher, but I was good at basketball. And I got a, a, an offer from UConn to play softball, but there was no way I was playing basketball at UConn. So I decided to go to a smaller NAIA school and it was the absolute best decision for me. It was smaller class sizes. I had a coach that was on me all the time. I had tutors and I don't know that I would have succeeded at a UConn. You know, so I think it doesn't have to be Stanford, UCLA, USC, at Notre Dame, it doesn't have to be that. Like, and it's funny because two years ago, I got inducted into the College Hall of Fame for athletics at my college. Right. And my kids and my family got to go see it, you know? And I remember my, my older son, who's 13 now, but was 11 at the time. He's like, mom, is that you? And, and it was just a funny moment because it was pictures of me from when I was younger. And I'm like, yeah, that was me. And, and he just couldn't believe it. So that is the experience I took because for me, I needed it. I needed to get out of the situation I was in. I did not have a family that could afford college. No one had ever gone to college before me. I was the first one in my family and I got there through sports, which for me makes me, I think, better at the job I'm in now because I needed it. You definitely are the sister I should have had. You definitely <laughs> <laughs> I think we were we grew up throwing meatballs at each other and we just don't even remember. Maybe. Because <laughs> our stories are identical. Our, 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 our stories are identical. I, I was fortunate enough to be teased by a couple of opportunities where um, coming from Canada and, and, and dreaming to go to the States, right? Back then, it was the Canadian peso that you were dealing with financially. And even though the, the educational um, institutions provided with a lot of woo, wow money, um, it still wasn't enough. And, and I just wasn't good enough for a full ride. And that's another thing, right, that, that I don't want to get too far off topic because so many parents believe that, that when they hear a scholarship, they automatically think it's a full ride. I mean, if that student gets a dollar, it's a scholarship and they have no right. Right. They have no clue. Walk on. Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 and for, for, for myself, um, my parents made it really clear to me at a young age. They said, listen, you know, we love you. We're here to support you. We'll help in any, any way we can, but 
when you get that little eight and a half by 10 piece of paper, it's going to have your name on it, not ours. And, and we can't help, you know, you know, books maybe here and there, you know, uh, obviously if you stay in town stay under our roof or whatever, but you're on your own for this. And so I needed it. Like I, I needed that to, to make sure I got into the classes I needed to get. And I needed it. And, um, you know, it, it goes to show you too, like when I sit back and I look at that locker room, uh, I can see how many guys needed it. Oh yeah. And, and you can usually pick them out pretty, pretty easily. Like, <laughs> like, like boom, like blindfold, <laughs> bang. And, and, yes. and I think it's an important lesson that we're talking about here because it blends right into what you're talking about in terms of environment, right? Mm -hmm. Like I, I often ask parents, how well do you think you know your kid because like you mentioned, you might want your kid to go to Stanford, but when that person shows up in a classroom of 500 as a mm -hmm. freshman and they're right now in a class of 30 and they're barely making it, how's that going to go? Right. right. And, and, and that I think, Knowing your kid and knowing your athlete enough to know that is more important than the conversation of playing time. Agreed. And it's not, it, I think what the problem people have to stop doing is labeling D1 and every other school, because just because you're not a D1 athlete doesn't mean you're not a good athlete. Yes. You know, it's like, I, I know when I played in college, I played against many people who were better than some of the D1 athletes that I see. And it's not because maybe they didn't have the grades. Maybe they were in a situation like I was. Like, who knows what situation? But just because they're not D1 doesn't mean they're not successful. Again, oh. you're still talking about that 2% that play at the next level. And I can't tell you how many times people have said to me, well, you can't play more than one sport in college. And I'm like, well, I did. And they don't believe, you know, you did? I mean, I can't tell you how many times people have Googled me because they don't believe I said. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, Google me, go ahead. Like yeah. it's, but I mean, it's anything you want to do, you can do it if you really, really want it. And that's what it comes down to. And this type of environment we're in right now is really going to show who wants it and who doesn't. People may say they do, but they don't want to put in the work. And if you don't want to put in the work, well, it again, it, it's, do you like it or do you love it? Right. Do you want it or do you need or do you it? Need it? Right. And, and that, and that's where we're, we're going to end up seeing. And, and I, I, again, I bring that, that educational factor into it all because you was 20 years as a, as a teacher. It's amazing. The disconnect that you see with a lot of parents that believe they know their kid. Oh, yes. But they really don't. Right. And, and, right. and that's where I feel for a lot of, a lot of athletes because they're pursuing a direction where rather than going with the flow in a great direction, they're really running into oncoming traffic because yeah. it's, it's really hard. And, and, you know, I throw this point out to a lot of parents. Um, you have two athletes that are identical stats are identical positions are identical. Everything's identical. One's an A student, one's a C student. And you ask the stupid question, which one are they going to go with? Oh, they're going to go with the A one. And you ask them the big question behind it all, and it's the why. Why, why, why is that? And, and what a lot of people don't want to tell these parents and students is, when you go in that first freshman year, your grades are gonna drop. Mm -hmm. and, and as an athletic coach, my job is to find an investment that's gonna last four years. Without a doubt. And if you're that C guy that drops that D guy, I just lost my pitcher. I just lost my quarterback. Mm -hmm. I just lost my catcher. I just lost, you know, that pivotal person, right? I'm yeah. done now. Now I got to go recruit a whole nother person and then go to my boss and explain how we just invested into this person and it's all gone to, you know, where. Yeah, absolutely. And people don't understand that, right? And, and that's when you can tell the person who's been there and done it and the person who's too busy watching ESPN. Without a doubt, yes. Right? I mean, I guess my, my, my thing for you today is, is this, right? Like, with what you're dealing with right now, with, with people being home, what's one of the biggest challenges that you have now with your, your staff? Because like, I'm sure you have stout challenges with your, your personnel. What are you dealing with with that? You know, it's, um, 
counselor probably. Um, I, I think mental health is honestly the biggest worry I have and, and it's across the board. Mental health of the coaching staff I have, mental health of the new coaches I just hired that didn't even get to go through a season. Mental uh -huh. health of the fall coaches that I just hired that haven't even been able to meet their teams yet because mm -hmm. we're in this. So mental health of every student athlete, the seniors, yes, but the juniors, the juniors who we're going to use this year to get recruited, right? Because junior year is a big year. So it, it's, it's really a mental health thing for me is my biggest worry across the board about high school athletes in general, high school coaches in general, high school ADs in general, um, even administrators, um, the people that are at the top, um, the principals even. like I, I think it's superintendents who are just getting – hammered on because they're trying to figure out and, and, you know, figure out how to handle all of these things. And, and again, it's uncharted territory. And I think everybody thinks just because everybody's in a leadership position, everybody knows what to do. Yeah. That's not reality, you know? And, and I think everybody looks for someone to say, what do we do? And they want an answer. Yeah. And I, and I think, you know, what's great about podcasts and these types of things is hopefully we can help them find out an answer or figure out an answer um, or at least in the right direction of an answer. And, and I know you and I don't know everything and, and Ira and I don't know everything. And, but getting in that room with all the ADs and being able to have some of these discussions will hopefully be able to help. But the mental health is, is for me, my biggest worry. I, I think, you know, it, it's, it's, it's the reason why um, I, I reached out to you in the beginning to, to get you in, involved and, and get you on our, our little podcast um, because I, seeing what you've put together I think it's phenomenal I mean it truly it truly shows me and I guess I have a I guess I have a, a cheating scenario to myself and being able to see coaches because of what I do um, but also working as a director in, in a sports program I can feel it in my heart as well for those people who don't know the AD people they're the most team oriented person on every team you're the glue like, like I look at athletic directors, the successful ones, the good ones, the ones I, I, I revere. Um, you can easily tell that on whatever sport they played, whatever team they played on, they were part of the glue for that team. Where it was, like you mentioned earlier, the one who always, always, always said, boy" and way to go. Yeah. The one who went across the locker room after we got yelled at and said, it's going to be okay, guys. Don't worry, you know. Everyone back to my place for pizza afterwards. That guy, right? Because there's no way in hell that that you put out something like this and within two blinks of an eye, you're at 300 people. Like you only draw that because of the person that you guys are and other people flock to that as well because they're that kind of person too. Right. You know? Um. I, I, I remember um, when I first got in, 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 in introduced to sports psychology, uh, in my college, we had um, three horrible things happen three years in a row. And, and I won't tell you all the, the details, but um, we had a scenario where um, we had three deaths in three years. We had three guys go through something really bad. Two guys lost their fathers, and I lost my older brother. And... Um, I remember going to, to uh, the first get-together where um, um, we went to a funeral and uh, the guys were like all paranoid of who's going to be the one to go in there and, and kind of get the ball rolling, right? Everyone wanted to be there for a teammate, but we didn't really know what to do. And, and you know, the little rookie, the little freshman talking to you today is the one who loses the Rochambeau you're in there, right? <laughs> right? And 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 it came natural for me. Like I, I I was one of those guys that that you know after every game, let's go back to my place. We're going to eat, right? And I'm going to cook. And and I, I bring up these little stories because people like yourself, you're the one whose house we go to for dinner after the game. You, we're going to meet at your place and then go out, and and we're we're going to get together at your place because it's the place. And then we do what we're going to do as a group. You either know that and have experienced that or you haven't. And you think I'm completely nuts. No, but, you're right. Totally agree. And totally. I, I feel you've gotten 300 people like you, myself, together in that little get together is what I think you've done. 
Well, and I think it's just, for me, it's, uh, it's incredible because of all the minds in that, in that Zoom meeting, you know, and even if you look at the chat as the Zoom meeting is going on and the discussions that are happening, even not verbally, uh, it's just, everybody wants information. It's like I said earlier, you know, and, and as much as I may not know the answer to everything and you may not, and I may not, somebody in that room knows what people want to hear. You know, yeah. and it's giving them an avenue to, to be able to speak and be able to say those things and, and get leaders like Coach Kelly on. We got really lucky to, to have that happen. We raised the bar a little high, I think. <laughs> Someone bought deep dish pizza. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I don't know who will get next. We'll, we'll see. I have some contacts in the West Coast. I was working on the East Coast. So, um, but, uh, but yeah, it's, uh, it, it's incredible because... <laughs> I'm from the East Coast, and so East Coast people normally have a very high opinion. I'm very opinionated, and so for a long time, I really didn't give much of an opinion because in California, you just they look at you like you're crazy when you give a lot of opinions. That's true. You know that. Well, so for the first AD meetings ever, and um, for the North County Conference, and and I just remember people were going around asking questions, and I was basically told just don't say anything for a couple years. I'm like, okay, you know, but it's interesting because it didn't even take a couple years, and then people started asking me, and they realized how opinionated I was. <laughs> so yeah. it's funny, all these podcasts I do. I'm waiting for my principal to send me a text and say, okay, you're talking a little too much. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love but, but I mean, there's honestly, there's nothing I'm saying that that isn't the truth. And it's honestly comes from the heart. Um, and I truly want what's best for the athletes. I, I know that a lot of people have the same um, histories that you and I have had that sports really helped mold them into who they are and change their life. Um, I don't know where I would be without sports. And um, I, I worry that some of these kids that are losing that last bit of an experience is having or having tough times with it. But again, if they really, truly love it, it doesn't have to be the end, you know? Right. And I think that's the biggest message is be a self-advocate. You've got to start doing it yourself. Um, and if I can help, I will always help, of course. God bless you. I mean, you know, to, to, to scream your, your, your praise again, um, we, we both discussed how we needed sports. Um, I, I think for, for me, it, it wasn't even so much that um, it gave me an opportunity uh, I think it gave me a life. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I, I can't even say that it saved my life. I think it went past saving my life. If, if one could even imagine that it, it gave me a life and, and, you know, the, the friends, the relationships, the, the, the trouble I probably would have gotten into. Um, oh my God. Like I just, <laughs> No social media then, so there's no proof. Just know that. <laughs> yeah, no, nothing, nothing. Thank God. Um, you know, we, we have a saying in our family, you know, thank God for our mothers and, and what they know. Because if our fathers knew half of what they know, we'd be all dead. <laughs> we'd be buried in the backyard. Right. Um, right. But let me ask you some technical things. So I want to pump, pump this up, and I, and I want to also be wary of your time. The, the, the nationaladresource.com that you put together and, and the, the get-togethers that you get together, are they invite only? Are, can other ADs just pop in? How does this work? How do you get more people involved? Because you're on a roll here and I want to help you. I want to keep it going. Sure. Well, you know, at first it was just Twitter. We got it out there and then anybody that wanted to join, I had them email me. Well, that got a little overwhelming because then it went from 46 to 198 and I was answering emails a week. So that's where the website came up, right? So on the website, if you go there and you click contact, there's a Google form you can fill out. And on that Google form, it'll ask what school you're at, what's your name, what's your email. And then I sent out the Zoom link meeting the night before. Oh, so wow. yeah, so the night before I send out an email to everybody on the list with the agenda and the Zoom link so they know they can get in the next day. Um, we had uh, last time someone, you know, tried to hack in um, so now we do a doorbell option where people have to ring in and I have to allow them in. So this year, this week will be a little different because I'm going to be, um, accepting people. So I'm going to be accepting them based on the list that I have. So it's just important. They sign up. There, there's no payment. It's free. It's just so we can verify they're actually an AD or work at a school. Um, so that they're not chiming in or doing, you know, any of the funky stuff that's going on in zoom right now. So we're trying to take every precaution to do that. Um, but contact us through there for sure. 
That's that's brilliant. That that's brilliant. And and yeah, the, the zoom bombing that's going on is horrible. Um, now now with all of this, what do you need? Are there any resources that you need? Are there things that we could be doing? Because we never know who's listening and 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 who, who's hearing us. What are some of the things that you need? What are some of the pain points that that some of the programs around the country could use help with? You know, I, I can tell, like I kind of said before, and, and that's one of the reasons why I think you and I connected a little too, is, is I think the mental health piece, piece is a really big thing right now. And, and I know most ADs are like, I don't want anything I have to pay for. Is there any type of like flyer or, hey, here are the top 10, 10 things you need to look for if you have athletes, um, some type of a sheet that possibly I could, I could share with them, um, would be great just because that's the, you know, the business that you guys are in and, and the stuff that you guys do. I, I just worry, like I said, mental health wise, um, top 10 things to look for, for, for kids with mental health during a crisis, top five things for coach, you know, just something like that, a coaches and, 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 and athletes top five. Uh, so that we can really start reaching out to our own athletes and our own coaches collectively across the country. Uh, and it worries me. It, it worries me that it's been this long and we still haven't done those things. So that's definitely going to be one of our big topics tomorrow um, on our agenda is what we're doing for mental health for ourselves, our coaches, our, our kids. Um, I'll definitely send you something tonight um, to help you. Um, the last thing I guess I, I just want to say to you is I just think it's phenomenal what you're doing. And, and, and I, I, I wish I had a kid that could be playing for you um, because it's very rare that you find a person that's got technical know-how and, and, and the savviness to know that there's so much more than, than what we need to do with a minute left uh, and a game. And, and I just think it's amazing. Um, you know, again, I can't thank you for the amount of time that you allowed me to take you hostage today. Um, <laughs> And I'm telling you, I feel it in my bones, whether you believe me or not. I, I, there's definitely some Italian in you, and we're definitely related somehow. <laughs> Somewhere, I'm sure. Yes. Somehow. But let me ask you this last thing here. You have these get-togethers, um, and, and, and you're bringing in incredible people. Are you guys recording them, and are they going to be on the site so that maybe parents could listen to and learn from you guys, or no? Yes. So we record each of them. Um, when we started the site, if you go on there and you click at, you click on videos or um, they're out, it's on there. Every Zoom meeting we've had has been recorded. Uh, we did separate the Coach Kelly interview so that kids and parents could go on if they wanted to hear about recruiting. Um, and then all of our meeting minutes are on there too. So we have an AD from Santa Fe Christian out here, Flower, um, as an admin assistant for him. And she does all of our meeting minutes, which has been amazing. So um, and you know, it's, it's just interesting to me. It's so refreshing to know so many caring people want information and want to help their kids and coaches. And, you know, everybody talks about how the world's changed and kids have changed and people have changed and no one cares. I don't believe that. And I, I think if one person wants to sit in and listen to the zoom meeting with these ADs that really care, it's very overwhelming. Um, emotionally, overwhelming because it's great to see so many passionate about what they do and and the ads that are in it need to be recognized like their 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 principals and, and superintendents need to start recognizing that they're putting the work in and they're putting the work in for your kids you know and and a lot aren't getting recognized and and as sad as that is you know we're going to do everything we can to make sure that people know that we're the ads and we're helping and I think when we come out of all of this and even after, I think the AD role will be a lot bigger than people expected it to be. You know, I'm going to sum it up with this. You know, my grandfather, um, who, who raised me for a good portion of my life, used to say that um, there's two types of people out there that do work. One person is the person who just likes to go in and turn the wrench you know, and, and we need those people. They go into work, they put their lunch down, and they turn the wrench. And the second person is the one who wants to go and build something. Now, you need both because if you don't build, you, you don't need anyone to turn the wrench. <laughs> right. But both people, there's two types there. There's the person who goes to work and turns the wrench or the person who goes to work and they build. And when the day is done and the horn goes off, they grab their lunch pill and they go home. 
But the other person is the one who goes and turns the wrench or builds the building. And they're the one, when the horn goes off, they clean up everything around them. They put it all in the trash. They tie up that trash bag. And on their way out, they take the trash with them. They turn off the lights and they lock the door. You and your colleagues are that person. You are that person. You're not just turning the wrench. You're building something. When it's four o'clock, you're not in your car at 359. <laughs> and and it, it's amazing because with the amount of care that you have, there's so many people that have no clue how much stuff you clean up. They just don't know because every day they come back, everything's in place. And it's, you know, someone's grandma showed up and did it. Right? And, and you, you, you're definitely person number two, who's person number two within that option. And I, I, I can only tell you, I, I, I love you for everything you're doing, for all the things that you're doing to help these kids. And I love you for your, for your passion. I can't thank you enough. You're the best. Thanks, Jay. I really appreciate you having me. And it's been a pleasure. I think that, yeah, you and I were, were from the same cloth for sure. <laughs> um, and you know what? I, I, I really enjoy talking about all of it, as you can tell. And um, again, if it helps one person, that makes it all worth it for sure. God bless, sister. God bless. All right. Thank you for today. And, and uh, I'll be sending you some stuff tonight. Thank you. You're